Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Everything sucks. Shut up. Everything is bad. Everything is terrible. And we have as many points as the Bills and Sabres combined over the past week. Shut up. Yes, I know. That's a gross overreaction. You don't need to be but mean. But that's a good impression right. of, of, every, of every Buffalo sports fan on Twitter. Yes, yes. So I will give you that. Yes. I mean, I'm not insulting the fan base, but at the same time, I'm insulting the fan base. Yeah. Everything sucks. But as I did state, there are zero total points between the Bills and Sabres in their last collective games, which means they have as many points as... The three of us in this room. That's right. I said three. This is the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry, And we've been joined by Kyle Powell. Howdy, howdy. How are we all? Hey, Kyle. Thanks for having <laughs> me, finally. I'm excited to talk some... Welcome welcome back. And we have you here because there's a certain special thing going on now. It's not just hockey season. It's not just the you know, football season. But the baseball regular season finally ended, which means I get to watch baseball. Oh, the regular season, the intolerable part is over for you? Yes. <laughs> the boring the, part for him. This is where the drama begins. Yeah. I mean, the ending of the regular season is also watch because, you know, that's when everything's getting set up and the races for the wild card and division races. I mean, you look at, for example, the Cubs. The Cubs go from two days before the end of the regular season being in the lead for the division, then having to play the wild card and now not being in the playoffs at all. It's a cruel world we live in these days, Derek. It's a Derek. cruel world, and it's very fascinating. So, you know, that's why, like, that, like the end of the regular season in the playoffs, that's where things just, they, they get real. And when that's things really get real, real, that is when anyone pays attention. That is when Derek turns on the TV. That's when anyone pays attention. <laughs> I mean, the NBA is a mere formality at this point. Give me the playoffs. So then I could see some drama, and then I could see Golden State whoop whoever makes it to the Insert Eastern Conference victory here. Yes. Insert what used to be LeBron James and a cast of nobodies. That's that's right. But yeah, so the MLB playoffs have gotten started. The A's already out. The Cubs already out as losers of the AL and NL wildcards, respectively. All right. Frank, your Rockies, rough game one. Tough loss. Brewers are a good team. They're a good team. It's a tough loss. Um, you had them. You, you, you get, first off, to be fair, they were down to nothing going into yeah. the top of the ninth, and they were able they, to come they back. Got and they had a chance. An extra so. inning. They forced an extra inning out of it, which is huge. Were they still being one hit at that point going into the rally? I don't think so. They had a couple to that. I believe that so. Point. It was, yeah, yeah, give them credit. They, yeah. they extended a game where they had no business extending it because the Brewers pitching staff just shut them down for the better, heart, better mm-hmm. part of Holy cow, eight and a third, a sack fly and an RBI single, and we're going to extras. Like, that's 
I mean, 2 nothing felt like 8 nothing at that point for Colorado, I have to bet. It was a miracle they forced an extra inning. Well, but the Brewers are deep. Yeah, I mean, all right, so I'm not as well-versed. I know that Boston's ridiculously good mm-hmm. and that I could really look at any of these AL, any of these four AL teams and really say I like them as a chance to, to win the World Series. I, yeah. I could see Cleveland. I could see Houston. I could easily see Houston. Um, you can easily see Boston, and then you can see the Yankees as well. I mean, if I had to rank them, I think I'd put the Yankees at fourth, but it's a strong fourth. Uh, I'm putting Cleveland at four as that. I don't. I don't think they have a chance. Really? I. Oof. I think their win. I think the window for them is passed. They show they can't win in the playoffs. They may. Yes, they were in the World Series two years ago, but they, they blew that. They lead. choked a three to one series late. <laughs> Back win the division again the next year, choke a two nothing series lead against the Yankees. Well, they got a tough draw off the bat in a, in a short game series. I mean. I, Going into October, I really believed in their pitching, but you look at that staff with Clevenger, Trevor Bauer back healthy, Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, you're like, wow, that can take you places. That's and why you, I it think can. That I can't but then you realize, but then you realize into, they're running into Justin Verlander, yeah. Garrett Cole, yeah. Lance McCullers, who may not even make a start, Charlie Morton, and Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. Then, then, then you realize they're playing Houston. It's one of those moments where you realize they're how, better. how small you are yeah. <laughs> in a big perspective. But I can, you can never rule out a staff that has quality pitching. No, no, so, especially not in October. Yeah, but again, it's really one of those things where all four of these teams really do have a solid chance. Some I would favor more than others. I would still think that Houston would be my favorite, personally. They still are mine as well. They you, are, just, yeah. you just listed one of the reasons why. That pitching staff is loaded, and maybe not even all their starters get in a rotation in this series. Right. And then how much more can you say about Jose Altuve? There's so much about Houston that you like that. 103 wins with a very not right Carlos Correa as well. Yeah, it's impressive. Don't think he got his average over 245 in the regular season. Was dealing with a lot of ailments, came back, had a solid final week of September September, going into the playoffs. So that may boost his – his, his confidence going his confidence, in. Yeah. Thank you. Going into October, and now he's got a week off to rest again. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Alex Bregman's had a great year. Alex Bregman has really had a coming out party. Yeah. <clears throat> I just think it goes through. It's going to go through Houston again until they prove me wrong. I mean, I've been saying since the middle of the season, uh, it, <laughs> it'd be a miracle if somebody comes out of the NL and steals this crown. Mm-hmm. Because, my goodness, I don't remember a time where the AL has been so stacked against the National League. Last year we had the Dodgers, and they were just like a revelation. They have three guys at every position. They have the same thing this year, but I just don't think it's that same mojo in L.A., personally. I think They did add Manny Machado, which is going to help. They did. but he, He's finally on a, on, a, on a real team. You think about it, though, because <laughs> he's, he's just Corey Seager this year, though. Yeah. Talk about not having that depth. It's like, oh, cool, we got Machado. Where are we going to put him? It's like, oh, well, we have an immediate immediate spot and hold a fill because Corey Seager had Tommy John surgery, something yep. that's normally reserved for pitchers. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. So, you guys just mentioned it. The NL, it's really not as not as loaded. Right. It's wide open. It's wide open there. Anyone, I mean, anyone can come out of that. It's wide open the AL, too. It just, I always see no matter what kind of matchup gets drawn up between any AL team or any NL team alive at this point, I'm going to favor the AL side of it. It feels it's more wide open in the NL, though, just because all the teams are so close to each other. 
Right. Yeah, you, I mean, Boston, New York, and Houston are all separated by eight games, you know. But you feel like there's a there's a there's differences between those two, those three teams that separates them from each other. Whereas in the NL, it's hard to find a lot of differences between all four teams. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, so let's break it down here. Starting in the NL, who do you think goes into the next round to go to the NLCS? It was not what I picked in the preseason because Milwaukee shocked me. I've got uh, Milwaukee best in Colorado, and I think the Dodgers, I think at this point. I mean, it's not the same as last year, but that depth will get you places in October because you can give guys rest. You can throw out three different lineups in a short series. I've got them – uh, taking the Braves, and I realize that's easy to say now that they're both up one nothing. But going into the series, I felt the same. I think we're going to yeah. see a Milwaukee and Los Angeles NLCS. But go with my heart, go with my heart. Going with your Rockies. Rock- I'm going with Rockies Dodgers. Rockies Dodgers. All Love right. It. You know what? I'll do the same. I'm on. I'm on Team Rockies here. Yes, Rocktober baby. You got to be. A, you got to be a friend. Rocktober. <laughs> Just promise to never say that again. That's a real thing. I don't care. <laughs> That was what it was. Just like that how gritty is a real thing for the Flyers, and I hate that thing, does not mean that it's excusable that you could say that. Kyle gives a fist pump because he's a Flyers keep fan. Keep breaking the internet. We will keep winning as long as you keep breaking the internet. <laughs> and I will keep putting pictures of Josh Allen jumping over him. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Kyle likes that too, so don't worry. All right, so you guys have we, – we have slightly different winners here for the NL. Who comes out of who comes out of it? Is it still the Dodgers? Yes. More likely, yeah. All right. So Dodgers seem pretty unanimous here. The AL. It's just every team's strong. Correct. We're seeing Indians Astros tonight as well as Red Sox Yankees for the first time in fourteen years. It's not That's, a seven gamer, but it still is October baseball. It's hard to believe that this is the first time in fourteen years that these two teams have faced in the playoffs. Right. I mean, each like, team has had unexplainable bad years, too, so it just... But still, 14 years since the last time these two teams met in the playoffs. That's like, nothing. Talk to me when there's 17 years of something not happening. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I'm taking Houston uh, over Cleveland, and I'm going to take the Yankees over the Red Sox because really? New York has played Boston relatively well. They have... And a lot of belief, especially with the Red Sox, is that their bullpen's going to let them down M- massively. I agree with that. I also feel a little bit differently, though. I feel like most most of Red Sox nation is is holding their breath until they see what they get from Chris Sale tonight. And correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. If we see but the 90 thing is, to 92 out of Chris Sale's left hand tonight, they are going to be sweating bullets. But the thing, but that, but that's right. the thing, and that's if. Their bullpen is solely needed. If their starters can go deep in the games, or even go half game, Chris Sale gets rocked. Then what are you relying on? That exactly people were already worried about. Yeah, yeah. But if their starters can at least get get into the fifth inning, the Red Sox got a huge chance winning games. They They can do do that. They got that, and they we know they have the team to do it. It's it's, JD, it's nothing from it's nothing that New York or Houston have in the back end, but it's it's serviceable and it can get Houston. You outs. Houston seems more like the complete team heading I, in. Yeah, I agree with that. Red Sox, the Red Sox are just overloaded. They 
uh, who can, how can you how can you compare it? Just like you got this team that's just completely overloaded with talents, but then they have this one flaw. The Nationals. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> sure. I was gonna say this isn't a classroom. You don't need to raise your hand. Yeah, you Nobody don't need to raise your hand. I've been watching it since 2012. <laughs> it's true. 98 wins twice, 96, 97, another yeah. four postseason appearances, four losses, to three different NL foes, four yeah. different NL foes. As so I hold a four up and say three. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just have you messed up. That's all. Oh yeah, they do. It's been nice though not having them in the playoffs. It stinks. I don't know how to put it. It's an ultimate catch twenty two. I wanted to watch. You get them. to enjoy the postseason though, right? I have a new look where it's like yeah. uh, they've been out since X amount because the Braves. It's ran like watching away with playoff September. hockey without the Sabers. I'm not stressing out, and I'm loving all the playoff hockey. But at the same time, I really love for my team to be there. I'm at the same point. You know, Bryce right. Harper could walk. To, it's like, oh, whatever. I just love the playoffs. You get you get to just not have to worry about being mad at your team for losing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's you're, for you're sure. You're emotionally free. Especially being here last year, working the game where they got eliminated by the Cubs. Oh. And, of course, TV's behind, but I'm working on the radio side yep. of it, so I know the outcome of every pitch before I watch it. Right. So, I've got Houston-Boston as the ALCS, and I think Houston comes out on top. I'm going to go. I don't, you know, I don't want to say another Houston-Dodgers series because that was last year. The only way I the only way that doesn't happen I think is if Milwaukee does beat Chicago or not Chicago Colorado. Okay. I think if Milwaukee plays the Dodgers they 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 win. They would they win the series. Really? Yeah. Mm. What do you think what do you think uh sways them? What's their X factor? Cuz I'm intrigued. I, I want to pick them very badly, but I just love the Dodgers depth. I love the Dodgers depth too, but I love Milwaukee's pitching. Yeah. It's very it's very, Josh Hader had a great year. Haterade. He might you know, he can him alone like can take them places okay. in the playoffs. I like that. I like to be swayed. I, I, I'm Christian Yelich too. too. Christian Yelich too. Fantastic. Have you seen the stats? I meant I meant to bring it up with me, and I'll probably pull it up in a second. But he is his second half is literally Barry Bonds esque. And Barry Bonds was two thousand like two thousand six seasons where mm-hmm. he was winning MVPs like left and right. Mm-hmm. Their stats this year are very comparable. I understand Christian Yelich has done it once. It's still a blip on the radar until he does it next year. But I, I believe I, I, you might be looking it up now. Barry Bonds in his MVP seasons, <clears throat> excuse me, averaged somewhere close to 21 homers and 50 RBI in the second half. Christian Yelich has 25 or 26 homers and nearly 70 RBI since the All Star break, and he's getting pitched like Barry Bonds. And you look last night; he hits a bomb to dead center. He he also leads the majors in homers to center field, like the scrawny, see six one one seventy, like soaking wet, <laughs> thirty six homers. That's like what he did in two years. He is incredible. It's pretty impressive. All right, Kyle, twenty one homers between in August and September. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. All right. What do you got in the AL? I believe it's going to be. Houston beating the Indians to head to the ALCS. And because Boston's starting rotation and the bullpen are in so much question to me, I want to believe in their rotation because, holy cow, sale price, Porcello, it's it's a comparable one, two, three that what everybody else has, but it just hasn't been there in October. I got to go with Houston and New York again. And I feel like I'm recreating the 2017 series. But, yeah. I've got Houston coming out of the AL again. I'll I'll be bland. I'll say it. I I think it's going to be Houston and LA. 
they're overloaded. That's what I have as well. Yeah. Picks, so. Houston's just way too complete of a team. They can beat you in any aspect of the game. They can beat you with their pitching. They can beat you with their bullpen. They can beat you with their bats. And incredible defense, too, by yeah. the way. Yeah, they are yeah. preventing They're one of the best defensive over. teams. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my biggest my biggest question now will be what what would need to happen for things to really be shaken up in the postseason? Like what would be the biggest upset point blank period? I think it's Cleveland beating Houston. You read my mind. Yeah. If the Indians can upset the reigning world champs in the first round, then you're looking Short at something. Short series can do that for you. That they can. They can. They provide a little bit more of that drama and that unlikely winning to allow for some sort of craziness to happen. Because then you always hear, why isn't it a seven-game series that for that round? I don't know. Baseball. You got <laughs> to talk to someone else. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to try to change it. Good luck trying to change something in baseball. Hey, you man. Know, hey, know, man. We have we have th- two wildcard teams what in every I'm, league what now. I'm, that is what I'm the- saying, though, on that is, before you jump down my throat again, <laughs> is, is it's a very traditional-esque sport. So you don't He's mess right. with tradition. Yeah. That's what I mean by that. I not that not that it's like the old boys club. It's that it's, you know, it's set it's in the, its, its way it's set in its ways, but at the same time willing to change some things. I don't think they change that though. I have a nice postseason promotional video with Ken Griffey Jr. in it that I'd like you to watch. It's oh, is it the Let, Let the, the Kids, kids play. Yeah. I watched that. It was it was really good. They're trying. I'll give them credit. Yeah. It's taken a while, but they're trying. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to show that to you. All right. All right. So there it is. I mean, there's our there's our MLB playoff preview. That We're not there yet. Who wins? Houston. I think Houston. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're Crap. they're just so good. We're we're they're going just, unanimous just... on a repeat series and a repeat champion. Here's that is. is and and <laughs> if Milwaukee does make the World Series, I would still I might take them over Houston. Really, just, you really just love to pick Milwaukee an, there. Just to pick an upset. Oh, you're just being the uh, just being the upset. Just being the upset guy. Yeah. All right. My brother's a Dodgers fan. Just to be the fan. contrarian. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm saying sorry. <laughs> Dang. If he's listening, I'm sorry. I I love their depth. Kidding. But they're so they're so good. Yeah, they they're are so really good. good. But I think the Dodgers' depth will only take them so far, and eventually that depth will get outplayed by yeah. the eventual better team in the Astros. It, we saw it last year. Exactly. We mm-hmm. did. You know they wore out that bullpen. Yep. Whether you Darvish was or wasn't tipping pitches, he got throttled by George Springer. He's yep. not there anymore. But yeah, you know, yeah, we definitely saw it firsthand where you could have the Machado's two gonna... guys that can play eight positions, yeah. and you can put out seventy-five different lineups in a in a in a postseason to never show the same thing to an opponent twice. I mean, yep. Until proven otherwise, Houston will get you one way or another. Mm-hmm. All right, there it is. There is our. Already started the MLB playoffs. MLB playoffs preview. No biases, I promise. Hey, man, we we, we spit straight opinions out here. There's no facts. There's opinions. That's all it is. We're just making picks. That's all it is. All right, guys. Unlike your brother, the LA fan. Mm-hmm. Unlike Frank, who's got the Rockies. What in the hell was that game last night for the Sabres? That was bad. 
I don't think it was as bad as what people are making it out to be. I think I know you were there at the game. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that statement, but there is something else to that. But go on. This was a what I saw last night was a team that didn't quit. They didn't when they even when they went down, they didn't just give up. Yes. As what we saw last year. This was a team that was still putting pucks to the net. Albeit they probably could have put more to they they should have put more to the net, yes. But when they did get to the net, they had some really good chances. I'm looking at you there, Cap. Well But but every time they had good chances, it was either they missed it by very little or Halak made the save. Well, yeah. they opted to pass. The bounce, yeah. yeah. Well, that's Michael, what I mean. That's Michael what I mean. Like they could have. They, they right. there, there are times where they should have had more chances, but the chances they did have were good. Well, you we're, can look. Sorry. I'm never gonna blame a team for cycling the puck. Yeah. Because every time that you heard the crowd get all antsy and yell "shoot," and they would do it, oh, shot was blocked. It's going to the corner there. That's what happens when you listen to the people in the stands. Get them moving. I will never be against that. As here was, long as you put something to the net. Here was the thing. But then here was the big thing about about last night. Boston didn't give any shooting lanes. Yeah, they didn't. They were forcing. They played. The an, they had an outside. excellent game plan. And you knew they were going to come to play. If yeah, smoked by Washington. Yeah, who I by mean, the way have scored thirteen goals in two games. Yep, I know. <laughs> Talk about wild. But again, it just. I, I had a bad feeling going in because Boston got punched yeah. to a new dimension. Yeah. So you knew that it wasn't going to end well necessarily. But what you said kind of is a little encouraging, Frank, that they didn't quit. I mean, hell, you saw they pull the goalie and all it takes is one – five minutes left, they pull the goalie. All it takes – All it takes it, is one bad thing and it's for nothing all of a sudden like that, as you saw later with the power play. But six on five, they dominated possession. They had got they chances. Had, yeah. And, yeah, Boston's kind of playing in a shell, but at the same time, the only thing that the Sabres didn't do when that happened was finish with the puck in the net. All the takes. You saw a lot of of those things. I think just one of the most frustrating things that I saw last night was two chances that Eichel just, you got to shoot the dang thing. Yeah. Including what happened on Boston's first goal. Two on one, Eichel Skinner. Eichel opts for the pass, even though I think he had a really nice chance on the short side there against Halak. It gets turned over to the other side. Boston comes back the other way. Marchand to Chara. Could the fans hate it any worse than that? Maybe Chara to Marchand, perhaps. And there it is. one nothing. And you're just like, if Eichel shoots that, Halak, worst case scenario, it's a rebound or Halak covers it. Yeah. You've got a face off in yeah. their zone. Yeah. That doesn't happen. I, I, was thinking, I was thinking the same thing, too. It's frustrating. And it's... It just. I ugh. think. I think that that hurt. I, not only did that hurt, but I think that was that could have been a product of just some nerves. Because when you're nervous, you tend to do things that you wouldn't want to try. You normally wouldn't Absolutely. do. You Eichel get away. Is, you get away. Even though Michael is 21 years old, no, what he's I'm the captain. He is he's a the distributor. Guy. Yeah, he's still at the end of the day. Like he's got but a great he's shot, but he's still their best. He, but I think he's also still their best shooter too. And mm-hmm. normally in, the, in that situation, no matter what, no matter who you are, you're looking to take that shot. And it didn't seem like Eichel looked to take that shot. It was still a great play by McAvoy, nonetheless. It was a hell of a and it was a hell of a play by Pasternak too. Yeah, it really it really was. I get, you gotta give a lot of credit. McAvoy and, then, and Pasternak did a great job. Yeah, there. puck goes the other way and everything just works the other way there. But so that one though, that one hurt because I'm just like, 
You are the man. You are officially the man. Just just rip it. I'm in not going to be mad at that. In the same aspect, though, do you think he was trying to show maturity? No, I think he was just trying to do what he does. Yeah. Which is distribute. Yeah, I think that I think he was he just doing what he does. First, he's got a great shot, but he you said he, he does. had the, he you said he had a potential shot lane though. You figure with the C on his with C on his back, do, don't I want to get this guy who's also just as new to this team, Jeff Skinner coming over? We're in front of the fans on the home opener. Don't I want to get this guy involved? It was still I, early. I see that, the game was I, not the game I was still, in hand. It was zero zero. I mean, yeah. I still see it as a man. Of I a felt style. the same way, but I'm just trying to stir things yeah. a little bit, thinking about what Jack yeah. possibly could have no. been thinking about. I'm I just think he that's was strictly playing style. That's what I Jack think he. Does. I think he. Yeah, I think he was thinking. He he was thinking pass. He. I think there's a there's a little bit of the nerves in there based on you know all the emotions for tonight being the home, for that night being the home opener, his first game as captain, Darlene's first game as well, and he was look and he was just looking to try to make a make a make a play instead of getting to the net. Which they need, they do. Which they are going to have to continue to do. And as I said, I, I the, a team that didn't quit. All it take, all it took, was just one bounce in the first period, and it, this would have been a completely different game. Fourth line for Buffalo was great last night. I thought, Gergen, I thought really Gergis's Pomaville Rodriguez was was excellent. Rodriguez was flying. Pomaville, Pomaville has the puck into the puck in the corner. Rodriguez is. Right out in front. He throws it right in front of the net. Rodriguez, great tip. Exactly what you want to do. Halak made the save. Yeah. If that goes in, it, it's a different game. Different game. Completely different game. All it takes is one bounce. One or two bounces, and this game was not a 4 nothing game. I feel so bad for Zemius Gergensen because any scoring chance that involves him is so cursed. Yeah. <laughs> like he, like you guys said, like the fourth line was their most consistent when it came to generating chances yesterday. But yet, you know, nothing goes into the net. I, think, I really think, though, that, like you said, this was not a 4 nothing game, but at the same time, it's just really unfortunate for the fans that that's what happened. It's unfortunate that this kind of game happened in the f- as the first game of the year. The hype was real. If this game was 4-2 to two or 3-2 to two or something like that, Three, one, no, one's freak, no one's freaking out. Maybe even 4-1 because... Maybe. It de- depending on how that game... Box. Depending on how it went. Up in the press but, box, Brian Koziel, Pat Malacaro, John Koziel, and myself were up there. And yeah. it was John Koziel who had said, the Sabres don't necessarily need to, like, you know... Like, it's not... Sabres have to score goals to win the game. Entering the third period was... I don't care how the score ends up. Just show me something. They got to score the next one. Yeah. 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 Because that alone would have 3-1. You get some excitement back. So that's exactly what he meant by that was just you got to score the next one. Yeah. And, of course, they didn't. They got shut out. But you would even when they had the goalie pulled, if they put one in the net all of a sudden, there's an energy. Like, okay. And see maybe some sort of frantic comeback yeah. or some excitement to end the game. Not that there wasn't. The team dominated the puck the whole time. Also, before I move on to another point with the Sabres game, because there's obviously someone we need to talk about in his debut, Boston is two for two now on punching people that don't feel like fighting. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They go after Marshawn goes after Lars Eller in the first night after celebrating. Dude, I'm sorry, but now I'm hitting you with a bigger celly when we play next. Like if Do I, you think if I'm Eller? Cavs, I'm celebrating right in front of their bench. First goal we get, and then of course in the Sabres game, Saboka just 
tunes up McAvoy. Yeah, great Chara hit. Chara gets an unnecessary blocking penalty. And yeah. then McAvoy comes back and drops the gloves with him. It's like, hey, man, sorry I'm trying to play hockey. Yeah, seriously, behind the God, good hit, Boston clean is hit. So, Boston's so fake tough. That's why I hate the Bruins so much is that they're fake tough. They do all these stupid, gritty, goony-ass things, and the minute that you try to do anything like that to them, they get pissy. I just, the Bruins are such a hypocritical team. I'm so happy every time that they lose in the playoffs. Get bent. I would just like to point out that the magic is here and it is working because in that tirade, you said gritty. None of you could see it, but I'm flipping Kyle off right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt I needed to disclose that. Also, I described it as a bad thing. (laughs) It was still on your mind. He's working. Double deuces. He now gets two. He now gets the double deuce as we move on to Rasmus Dahlin. I feel like I've made it. Can I, let me make. Let me just make another. <laughs> Getting flipped off on a podcast. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. Okay. <laughs> Good work. Okay, so let me just make. Let me, had this game been a four to one, three to three to one, four, four to one two, with the empty just net. Just anything with any, you know, just any kind of any, more excitement any kind of and one. No one's freaking out. Yeah. No one. No one's going. Oh, nothing's changed. Or this team still sucks. Or let's tank this year. No. No one's doing anything are like that. that again? I bet you people are. <laughs> had the had the game that went on last night happened in February or January, any other point that's not the first game of the year, no one says anything. Hell, even Saturday. Yeah. No one says anything. No one freaks out. Maybe they would do a Saturday too, just because it's it still early. I would say when it when if the it season is like loss. say they win against Boston, put up that clunker on Saturday. No, no I would say I, I would say more of just like when the season's in its stride. Yeah, it's striding along. No one says anything because this team's going is gonna go through growing pains this year. This was one of them, but because. With all the excitement of what this season, what the team could be, with Rasmus Dahlin making his playing in his first game, with the Aquas, with trading for Connor Sherry, with the Ryan O'Reilly train bringing in three players who are on the team now, who are on the team, with the trade for Jeff Skinner, all of the all of the turnover that we saw over the summer with what they want to be, with the kind of team they want to be, and then they do that. Mm-hmm. You said that's exactly why people right, are ups- that's why people are upset. It's because of all of that, they do that. But if that exact game happens later in the season, no one says anything because it's just it, it'd be just one of those growing pains, growing you pains. Chalk game. it up as one of eighty-two. Yeah. No, you were saying it exactly. And that's what right, you, and that's where you have to look at it, even after the game one, be- because the team that plays game one is different than the team that plays game sixty, game seventy, game eighty. Game 40, they're different. The Sabres were just like that last season, too, because last year's first game against Montreal, they were a fast team. I remember Mm -hmm. the Canadians, after the game, going, wow, they said they were going to play fast, and they did. We got away away with a win. And then they stopped doing it. And then they were vastly different as the season went along. This team's going to get better. As the season gets along, 
it's just one game. I know that everyone's freaking out because of the changes and it's the first game of the year and you want to see the excitement right away. Pump the brakes. Let's just let's wait for them to play another game. Fun fact. Every team that wins their first game of the season is a Stanley Cup contender. And every team that loses the first game of the season is a bust. Yeah, that's true. And that's that, very true. We ended up on the bus side of it. That's very true. We did not start. Yeah. We didn't have to start planning any parades today. So Boston's a bust too. Nice. Yeah, Boston's a flop too. They <laughs> lost in embarrassing fashion. Worse, worse, worse than, than us. the Sabers. We we failed at our debut, not as badly as Boston. Up top, guys. Good work. Good work. Here we go. I think you said it exactly right though, multiple times though, Frank. It, there's yeah. a lot of growing pains. There's growing pains. I understand around mm-hmm. here, it the button of patience gets hit a lot. A button of impatience, I guess I should say, gets hit very early in some of these sports team seasons because it has been a long time since there has been success. The Sabres but, haven't made the playoffs since 2011. And I understand it's, I understand. Yeah, I understand why fans are so anxious and they're upset. And they wanna they want to see the success right away. Not but what you described to me teams. and what we what you described to me and what we watched this off season was literally nothing short of something you'd try and pull off in a video game. Yeah, you can make an entire line of former St. Louis Blues now. Like that was a huge haul from St. Louis. That was a lot of depth, a lot of pieces. They got five and now they're things. all reacclimating themselves to this new roster that got put together in the span of a summer. Jeff Skinner coming over still doesn't have that contract, but he's trying to make an impression. There's a lot of important young pieces to this team, and it's, it's not going to fix itself. The, the thing overnight. is, the funny, the thing is with Jeff Skinner too. The steal, it was a steal of a trade. It was because mm-hmm. if if Jeff Skinner is not going to be on, that too. if Jeff Skinner is not going to be on team, they're going to get more for him exactly. when they trade him than they, what too. they gave up for him. But think so that about, right away, great asset management. But think about what's on his plate right now. He was already – he's in a contract year. Contract correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Getting brought over to a team, hopefully on the on rise. On the rise, yes. From a team that was still trying to figure itself out in Carolina. And he was brought over for next to nothing. Yep. Think about what the – think about in his mind what he already thinks the fans expect of him. Motivation's there. It's yep. there. You don't even need to do and anything. And he's, show, he's showing it today in practice. When Housley was uh, getting upset with the team because they were still creating turnovers like they did last night, Skinner was one of those guys that was speaking up. Good, good. And again, like you like you had said, Frank, at the very worst, Jeff Skinner can be flipped at the deadline if they're not a contender. Yep. And that's great asset management. Yeah, and because they're going to get more for him, especially, if, would, especially if he's, if he's going to have a good year. Yeah. So, like, to further enforce what you've been saying, and what Kyle has been agreeing with and what I'm going to agree with and say it in like this. In a layman's terms, calm down. I'm I I you know what? We'll get to Darlene after one last question here, and it's this. Was it whack of the fans to boo them just after twenty minutes? I would say absolutely. I, absolutely. <laughs> the same way. It was, would it was it whack of them to boo the team after forty minutes down three nothing? I would say absolutely. Yeah. You didn't hear yeah, half still. the you didn't hear half the booze at the end of the game because everyone left. Everyone peaced out. Yeah, but yeah, it's a little ridiculous that the fans set the tone right there for the season. It shows what the, it shows what a lo- what they want. It shows what they want, but they set the tone for the misery. Yeah, they did. And again. Not that Buffalo went in there and played a good because, game, and it, it's but beca- they also did not play like the trash that the scoreboard saw. Yeah, it's because a lot of, the fans who boo are the ones who expect results like that. The fans who boo are the ones that yelled "shoot." Yeah, there were a they lot, want the there was it's a all lot about of that last night. A it lot was painful, and this goes into any sport to any fan base. 
many fans, most fans, expect results right away. When they don't see it, they get upset. That's just how that's just how it is. And it's amplified here because the Sabres haven't made the playoffs in seven years, and they've been in dead last in the league three out of the last five. Yeah. And they've been and we were promised a contender. All right, I lied. I've got one more question. <laughs> if the Sabres do fall flat in October, like one win in the whole month, sort of flat, is it right to start having conversations about Phil Housley? I think if it's that bad, like one win in the whole month, one or two wins. Yeah. I think if they're I think if they're going nowhere by December, he's gone. Yeah. I think I think we have to start having conversations if they fall flat again in October. It's obviously still t- it's obviously too early to think that now. Yeah, I think it's But at the same time, but I mean also at the same time too, um didn't like Peter Laviolette get fired from the Flyers like after th- the first three games in the year? Yep. I believe two years after the cup run. Yeah. And that's after a cup run. That was two yeah. years after, yeah. But because um, next year, they, next year they were they were they beat the Sabers in the playoffs and were really good. I believe it. But, I believe it is early. I mean, it's it's a year and a day into yeah. his tenure. But I mean, I I also did get swayed a little bit. You know, TJ, the yeah. network producer, he he put out something last night that kind of made me think. Mm-hmm. I understand it's still been a short tenure for Botcherill and Housley at yeah. the helm, but something has to not be clicking with this system he's trying to run. I mean, the shots from the from the defensemen were there, and that's what he's been preaching since he got here. But it was it was a simple it was a simple tweet that I read over when I was yeah watching I think the game I read it too. Week. It said it said something along the lines of the players, the players are players are different. The coach is the same. The coach is the same. The result is the same. And you sit there and you're like, hmm. wow, okay. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have to overthink it. All these new faces, and I know we've been preaching patience, but for the people, for the fans on the other side, I also kind of see there where was you're a roster from. upheaval, and they went. I think and the pro. Flat. I think I think it it might be a combination. It might be a combination. Might be the coaching staff. It may very well be that. Some case. coaches are. It great might system. be that easy. It might be that easy where it's or it's the coaches. But I don't. Th- but I still don't think that the that this team has the player has all the players they want. Do I we, do agree with that. They are not a finished product. They're not. They're they're never going to be a finished product. There's, I mean, there's no such thing as a finished product. True. I'm just saying. But that Nathan Bull there's still there to player, make everyone nervous. Yeah. There's it's still players like, here who they don't who who they quite obviously don't want or they don't fit the style. They don't have. You've got Michael Reinhardt Skinner. Good. That's a good. That's a start. You added Berglund. I don't know if Berglund's a guy that they want in a top six role all the time. I think they feel like he'd be better off as a third line, as a third line center and middle your second line, but middle not ready for that. So they got to put Berglund there. Mm-hmm. That's not what they, that's probably not what they want. Middle We know he's a guy who's going to, who play, who wants, who's going to be what they want, what they want. Tate Thompson, same thing. Alex Nylander, when he kept, when he comes up, same thing. You mentioned Nathan Beaulieu. Beaulieu's not going to be here next year, regardless of what happens. He's not going to be here next year. He's an RFA at the end of the year. They're not going to qualify him. They may trade him yeah. if they could get something for him. Brendan Gooley's a guy they want on this team. Lawrence Pilute could Lawrence Pilute is a guy they want on this team too. But they need they both are going to need some seasoning in Rochester. Yep. Get let them them get you let them get used to it. One thing we have to get used to is Rasmus Dahlin. Yep. 
But I, let me, I was just going to say, too, do they want Johan Larson on this team? Probably not. Do they want Zemgis Gergensen on this team? Maybe. Do they want Jason Pomaville on this team? Realistically, no. I mean, doesn't his contract end at the season? Con- nice thing is, Pomaville's contract ends at yeah. the end of the year. So his money be- comes off the books. Molson's money comes off the books. Yes. There's a lot of money that comes off the books. That's and- 10... That's 10 over ten and a half, right there. Kyle Oposos could in twenty twenty via expansion draft, maybe. But you need to see him continue to play well. We don't. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know if he's the guy who they want. Who they do want on this team going forward or not. I mean, but I can get rid of a big. But that contract. But still. if they. But they might want to move on from him because he's not one of their guys, and he realistically. We're also talking two years down the road. On we're that. also talking two years down the road too, but realistically, they don't. I don't think Apolso is a you know we don't we know Apolso is not a speed guy. Yep. Cuz you look at I think they're trying to get the mold of what the Leafs are building yep. and what they're doing. Look at the Leafs, look at the Leafs lines. Look at their forwards. That's all speed. Their slowest guy is 40. Their slowest player and he has a reason. Legit, he yeah. Patrick even Pat, and even Marlow still skates really well. Yeah, Patrick Marlow has always been one of the fastest. Yeah, I he's a that. still he's a good skater. Last year, I, I'm sorry, Patty, but I'm saying is their <laughs> obviously their worst skater is probably their fourth line center and their forwards at least. Hmm. Their second worst skater might be Patrick Marlow, but their third worst skater is John Tavares. John Tavares is not a fast player. He's not. He's never been. But he's John Tavares. But he's John Tavares. <laughs> but look at their but their lineup is all speed because they got speed on every line in terms of multiple players. Matthews, Hick, even Tyler Ennis. And yeah, ho- probably soon else. to be probably soon to be William Nylander if he signs if he signs. Yep. If and when pretty much. Then you then you, on, with Tavares, they put Mitch Marner with him. That's all speed. All speed. Even Zach Hyman's a good skater. He's just a guy who gets into the dirty areas. All right. So we got to talk about the debut of Rasmus Dahlin. I thought he was fine. Yeah. I thought he had I thought some he had a good moments. game. Yeah. And that'll happen. And you notice, though, that there was a little bit of tentative- tentativeness in his play, though, too. There was one I remember. Common. I saw a puck like, heading close to the blue line. It was halfway between the circle and the blue line. And you saw Dahlin looking at it like he wanted to attack it. And every one of us in the press box thought, press box thought, two months from now he's going after that. Mm-hmm. But instead, he dropped back, held the line. He made the decision quickly enough where he wasn't a problem, though. He didn't think mm-hmm. about it. He looked at it, made the decision, backed off. So he's already got the decisiveness. But you just know that two months down the road, he's going and getting that puck. Oh yeah. But you definitely saw some first-game nerves. You definitely saw some first-game moments from Darlene. So he wasn't perfect. He wasn't dominant. He wasn't, you know, everything that they needed. But he was okay. And, yes, you probably want a little bit more from the first overall pick, the generational talent. But at the same time... You have different expectations when he's on the blue line. You have different expectations than he's on the blue line. And only one moment did I see him have any sort of problem defensively, and that was on the shift of the third goal. Yeah, Pasternak when he was left uncovered. Yeah, yeah he kind of he was. You see him ish. attempt to go, like even then, like what led up to the goal was where Darlene faltered. He notices and he tries to get the foot down to get the block. It 
Jer- that was a little right it under seemed, the shin pad. It mm. seemed like that was a lot. There was a, he he was doing some puck watching on that play. Yeah, that's but that's thought, a rookie. Yeah. It's a rookie and mistake, and it and it happens, and you can't. You can't be mad at him for it. But even the best part about it is he still almost made up for it. He did. He got in the passing lane, and he tried to get that and just snuck under his shin pad, and it goes to Pasternak. And a couple nice hits, too. leading up to that, though, that was the uh, that was the critical error on defense. Yeah. But, yes, you just mentioned it. He did something that – he did a lot more of something that I did not expect for the first game. Threw around that body. He did. But and you two really big can't time hits. Like you he can't, had two big hits. You like, can't be surprised too, because he's done that before, and he's no. He's that was part of that was like part of what he was known for. Besides his offensive game, he is a physical player. Yeah, and you. But the thing is, you look at the guy. You, you I, it's the guy, it's you look at the kid. You look at it because he it, doesn't have the frame of someone that is willing to throw. It's and it's because yeah he's so young too that yeah. you wouldn't expect that in the in the NHL. Eighteen year old, but he did it. Smaller frame than most. Big time blue liners that throw those hits. He put his entire body into Pasternak in the first period. That's right. That's right. He did. Yeah. And then he goes ahead and he hits. He gets another big hit later in the game. Even that wasn't to me. That was not even the biggest hit of the game, though. You want to know? It's always going to win my heart. Risto smash. Yeah. He blasted Char at the blue line last night, and I'm like, I am so proud of you. (laughs) Eichel even ran into Chara so first off I'm sick of seeing Chara (laughs) you derpy ass goon so let's put it we talked about it we could put it behind us now if anything frustrating was about it even if there's anything encouraging well you gotta put it behind you Sabres do there's four home games to open the season could we at least get a couple wins I think you will do more. It, do more than nine wins at home last year. I, yeah, that's hundred percent getting surpassed, and I don't know, maybe double. I mean, just give it again. Give it a couple of weeks. These guys will gel. The lines will be a little more solidified. But that's I, really absolutely, give it a game against the Rangers. They're not a strong roster. Exactly, they've got King Henrik, but they don't have a strong roster. I would go ahead and say the bounce back could happen pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I saw, I heard a little bit different or a different side of. Housley, Phil Housley in post Oh, yeah, he was, too. he was pissed. He was, and that was good to see. Eichel was I pissed. Yes, Everyone was pissed. You don't want to see it after game one, but after the season they went through last year, it's good to see that right off the bat, I guess, under the circumstances. You're calling out what needs to happen right away. Yeah. Like, stri- like straight up when he ends, he almost ends it with, we are not going through this again. I was mm-hmm. like, all right. Good. A, you have emotions. <laughs> Listen to a lot of your post games last year. Well, he, and he's... B, let's nip this in the bud. Yeah. He he does have the emotions. I mean, Or like, it becomes a trend. Yeah. He does have the emotions, and you'd see it last year throughout practices if there was a bad thing going on. Right. Next thing you know, he's sending them skating around. Like, get out of here, do some laps kind of thing. So you definitely see it, but you've never seen him do it in post-game where he mm-hmm. tends to try to be better to the players in the media, but... At the same time, behind closed doors, definitely, he's he's a little more fierce. But not. But for the first time, you saw it out there right away. Exactly. And that's something that's a little shocking. But hey, they get to go back into this right away on Saturday. All right, guys. Last question as we end this: Sabers had these four games at home. The Bills will have played five games. Who has more wins? Sabers. Hopefully, the Sabers. 
Kyle answered that pretty confidently. I like the gusto. Yeah, I've got the Sabres. And if I pick the Bills, that means that the Sabres will not win any games out of their first four, or they somehow beat Tennessee. <laughs> they could beat Tennessee. Tennessee's not good, in my opinion. I still don't think they're good. Oh, well, either way, I'm going to pick the Sabres. Hope remains strong. This has been the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry. Joined by... Kyle Powell, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming Thanks in. For coming and, in. Uh, we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to address these postseason predictions we made in about a month and see how we did. Yeah, we will. We, we shall do that. Thank you for listening on WGR550.com in on-demand audio or on the radio.com app. And, well, hope springs eternal in Buffalo. Keep with it. Otherwise, what do we have to do? Smash tables? Stay gritty. R-E-L-A-X. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.